City Church in Over the Rhine is cultivating the kind of family Jesus introduced to the world in the city of Cincinnati. We're glad you're choosing to listen to a sermon from our weekly service. We would love to meet you. Visit us on Instagram or at citychurchotr.com. Enjoy. We are in a series called For the One, and um, we live our lives for the one because Jesus lived for the one. Amen? And we all want to be like Jesus. Amen? No? Just me? Me and four people. Me and four people want to be like Jesus. There he is. (laughs) Um, As Jesus followers, we're called to live missionally. And that looks like, like Mandy said, getting uncomfortable and getting uncomfortable for Jesus. Um, That looks like being in touch with what we believe about our eternity and letting that fuel us into loving people towards Jesus. And it looks like sharing your testimony with people. looks like sharing your testimony with people. Um, I think that everybody should have their testimony on lock in an elevator speech type style. If you don't know what an elevator speech is, it's, it's if you imagine you have this amazing idea and you, there's some investor in an elevator and you got three to five minutes to pitch the investor on your idea. So you, you, got, you got to get to the point and you got to do it short and sweet. And so I think everybody needs to have that. Now, I have a testimony, and if you've been here for longer than five minutes, you might have heard me share my testimony. Um, uh, mine is one of kind of a rough background. So I'm going to give you an example of my long, drawn-out testimony uh, shared with you really, really quick, okay? Um, I didn't grow up in church. Uh, we had, um, I was, my mom is Catholic, my dad is Episcopal, which means we never went to church. And um, that's a joke. And, but it's also true. And we had some Christian, we had a Christian uh, friend of the family. She really loved Jesus. She was really sold out. She was also very angry and mean. Uh, but she took me to Bible camp a couple times. And when I went to Bible camp, I had a Jesus experience when I was 10 years old. I could say I probably met Jesus at 10, but I did not have anything at home to sustain uh, my faith or flame the fans of faith for me and my relationship with Jesus, and so I grew up very lost. I also grew up in um, a home that had a lot of drug abuse and violence and alcoholism, and that affected me and who I was as a man. And so um, I found myself in high school um, doing drugs, finding my identity and being an athlete and being a thug and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And I brought all of that drama into my marriage when I got married at 22 years old and and we started having kids left and right. Next thing you know, we're three kids in with one on the way and my life is in shambles. One day I decided to go to church. I went to church and I got rocked by Jesus. I met Jesus at church. He met me there and he radically changed my life. I walked in one way and I walked out radically different and I've been on fire for Jesus ever since. And that is my testimony and I'm sticking to it. Amen. Amen. So there is a quick way of sharing your testimony. Um, Testimony uh, definition is, one of the definitions of testimony is evidence or proof provided by the existence or appearance of something. Evidence or proof provided by the existence or appearance of something. And I would like to replace that something with someone. Evidence or proof provided by the existence or appearance of some 
one, that someone is Jesus. We value our testimonies around here. Um, last night at house group uh, leaders, we had, a, we had a house group leaders gathering and we shared a bunch of testimonies. Like Chris got up here and he shared a bunch of testimonies. Testimonies encourage. Testimonies encourage and some testimonies sow seeds and other testimonies water the ground. And it's all good to share testimonies in church and at house groups, but it shouldn't be limited to church and church events. To be like Jesus We must be willing to share him with the world. See, your testimony is your story, but it's God's victory. If I can get you guys to remember one thing from today, it's this. Your testimony is your story. Everybody say, my story. But God's victory. Everybody say, God's victory. It is your story, but God's victory. Every time we share our testimony... We share God's victory. See, testimonies are powerful because it's the gospel at work in our lives. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. There is power in your testimony. But a problem that I've come across that I realize is not, not everybody thinks that they have a powerful testimony because we've confused compelling with powerful. So you don't think that you have a a compelling story, so therefore you don't think that you have a powerful story. But your testimony is compelling to God, and it's powerful to save others. One of the greatest evangelism tools at our disposal is our testimony because it's your story, but it's God's victory. Now, if I was the devil, I would try, which I'm not, um, it's good news. If I was the devil, I would try to convince you that your testimony is whack. If I was the enemy, I would try to tell you a couple things. I would try to say that um, you've gone too far. There's no turning back. You've gone too far. You can't talk about Jesus. Or you're, you're, it's too crazy. Like what you did in the past was too crazy. You can't talk about Jesus. I would say, look how you've blown it. You can't talk about Jesus. Or I would say, I mean, you grew up in a perfect home. Your parents love Jesus, and you have this nice little cookie-cutter um, Christian uh, background. Uh, you, you probably can't share with people out here in OTR. Nobody wants to hear that story. If I was the enemy, I would do everything and anything I could to stop you from sharing. But how many know we're called to be in this world and not of it? And this world loves to compare and judge, right? We love to compare and judge. Our favorite shows are like American Idol and The Voice, right? And so we have, <laughs> we have this thing where, you know, somebody's sharing their testimony, and it's like somebody's, like, waiting for the chair to turn around and be like, I pick you. I pick you. Ooh, that's a good testimony. Or if you're an OG American Idol watcher like me, you remember Simon and Randy and all them, and somebody's sharing their testimony, and you're like, mm, I don't know, man. That's a little bit pitchy, dog. I don't know. I don't know. It's a bit... It's a bit pitchy for me. You were off on the theology. I don't know if God can really move like that. We're judgy. We're so judgy. I'm so 
judgy. We are all so judgy. I have even judged other people's testimonies myself uh, because I just shared with you a little bit of my testimony, but there's a lot in there. Um, sometimes when somebody's sharing their testimony with me, like, yeah, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, and, and I went to college, and I got really wild, and I drank and did stuff, and now I'm back. And I'm like, <laughs> is that it? Oh, that's so cute. You mean you didn't have a 45 pointed in your face or anything like that? You didn't almost die from selling drugs or anything like that? That's so cute. That sounds wild. <laughs> even, I, even I judge people's uh, testimonies. And when I judge other people's testimonies, sometimes I even judge my own testimony. Like, I have a friend uh, who is a pastor, and he is, he's got the golden child testimony. He, his, his dad is a pastor. His grandfather, his dad's dad is a pastor. His mom is like super prophetic. Her dad is a pastor. Uncle's a pastor. All of his 37 siblings are in ministry. I think he just grew up with the word just coming out of him. Like this dude just knows the Bible and he is fantastic and I hate him. <laughs> because that was not my story at all. My story is How to Blow Your Life Up by Rob Groves. Um... I judge my testimony um, sometimes versus other pastors. I, can, I should say I compare my testimony to other pastors because sometimes I feel like my testimony isn't enough because I didn't grow up in church, because I didn't grow up learning all the Bible stories. So I didn't have all of that embedded in me. I had to go to like seminary as like a 35-year-old to get all that stuff. Um, but I love Jesus, and Jesus loves me. And he didn't call us to compare he didn't call us to compare our testimonies uh, to other people. We all have one thing in common, and I'm getting to it. I want to talk to you about a few testimonies that we have in church. There are the um, raised in church. If you're old like me, it's the flannel graph. You had the flannel graph when you were a kid. If you're a youngster, you grew up with Veggie Tales. So it's either the flannel graph generation <laughs> or the Veggie Tales generation. Um, you have that, that testimony where you grew up in church, and then you have the party years, and now you're back. And now you're back. And praise the Lord, we're glad you're back. Um, and then there's... No? Yeah? Somebody? That, that struck a chord for a couple folks. You're like my homie. You're the golden child. Like, just, you're filled with the Holy Spirit in your mom's womb. I mean, what can you say? You just, to God be the glory. Um, some people didn't grow up in church, but they managed to to live a drama-free life. Like, you got good grades, you cleaned your room, you're an adult, you pay your taxes, you pay them on time, which, side note, if you've never had to file an extension for your taxes, I don't know if you and I can be homies, because <laughs> I've had to do that at least twice. <laughs> Uh, but some people, I call this the, the got-it-together guy, got-it-all-together guy or gal. You, you've just, you, you just have it all together. You didn't really have a crazy time or a crazy time of irresponsibility or wild times. However, you realize that there was a Jesus-sized hole in your heart, and you went searching for it, and you found Jesus. And it's funny, when I'm witnessing sometimes to the got-it-all-together person, um, I, can feel the, I can feel the little condescending tone coming off of them, their, their little condescending response. When I share my wild testimony, I feel like they're just kind of like, good for you. <laughs> you needed that. You needed that little crutch in, over, in order to get over all of your wild and crazy thuggish ways. Um, and then 
Lastly, there is the radical transformation, um, the person who converts from another religion. Like, and we love this in the Christian church. Oh, we love to celebrate this. We love it when we have a new kind, which is good, but we love to celebrate when somebody comes over from Hinduism or the former Muslim, and we love the former criminal, addict, drug dealer, alcoholic, or even, wait for it, the atheist. Ooh, we love the atheist. Oh, they were atheists, and now they're believers. And this message was actually born a long time ago in my heart from a guy that I worked with who was a cookie cutter, grew up in church his whole life, and from the time he was in middle school was working in the sound booth and became the production guy for a, a large church. And he actually said to me one time, he was like, you know, Rob, we do a lot of time celebrating the, you know, the former drug addict and the person whose life was in hell. And now he was like, what about the person who grew up in church and just never really broke any of the rules? And I was just like, dang, have you ever read Luke 15? Because you're the prodigal's oldest son. And, and, and we're going to get to this in a little bit, but I mean, that, that message, this message was born in my heart in that moment because when he said it to me, it kind of rocked me. I was like, yeah, you know, my, my testimony is the one that we trot out all the time and we love to celebrate it, but we don't talk about the people who grew up in church and how does that make them feel? And then I read that in Luke and I was like, gosh, you know, the Lord was always with you. The Lord was always with you and that's part of your testimony, if that's you. If you haven't been faced with adversity, you've grown up in church, or you haven't had a really climactic moment with God, you might be tempted to feel like your testimony lacks power. If you see your testimony in one of these categories that I just mentioned, um, you might meet someone from a different walk of life, race, age group, and feel like your story is invalid. And some of us have never shared or stopped telling our testimony because of those very reasons. Some of you don't think that you have a testimony at all. But all of us who are saved have a story that ends with God's victory. You see, theologically, God doesn't need anything. Theologically, God doesn't need anything, but he chose us. He chose to need us because our testimony is showing off his victory in our lives. If we don't think that we have a story, we won't share it. And if we have a compelling story like my own, sometimes we can make it all about us. I've got four points today, if you're a good note taker in church. And I'm going to start with this one. All conversions have a built-in testimony. Every single conversion has a built-in testimony. Romans 10, verses 9 through 10 says this. This is the Apostle Paul. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Now, to appreciate Paul's letter to the Romans, let's look at Paul's conversion. He had a radical conversion. This guy was a terrorist. He was killing believers. He was killing Christians and having them persecuted, having them thrown in jail. He knows the word. 
He knows the Torah inside and out. He refers to himself as the Pharisee of Pharisees. But he has this radical transformation walking down the road. He gets blinded, gets called up to the third heaven, and is face-to-face with Jesus. And this has a dramatic effect on the rest of his life. And subsequently, we now have a New Testament, thanks to the Apostle Paul, thanks to his testimony. What Paul says here in Romans 10 is that releasing your faith verbally is important. I'm going to say that again for the folks in the back. Releasing your faith verbally is important. Every time you share your testimony, every time you share your conversion story, you're putting your faith out in the atmosphere. You're releasing something. You're unleashing heaven every time that you share your testimony. Something happens when we put these words out in the air and it changes things. You're confessing that you've been transformed from the inside out. The mere sound of the words of our testimony are powerful. Think about it. God created the earth with his voice and with his words. I wonder what we do when we share our testimony. Point number two is this. Jesus thinks testimonies are a big deal. Jesus thinks they're kind of a big deal, and I can prove it to you. Matthew 10, verses 32 through 33. He says this, Whoever confesses me before men, I will confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. Whew, that's heavy. That's heavy. That's kind of a big deal. What Jesus is saying is there's no undercover believers. There's no secret agent Christians. See, it's important to confess and declare that you are a believer because back then, when you declared that you were a Christian, you were saying something to the Romans and you were saying something to the Jewish people. When you declare Jesus as Lord, you were telling the Roman Empire that Caesar isn't Lord, Jesus is. When you were declaring Jesus and confessing him as Lord, you were telling the Jewish people that the Messiah has come. He's here to save us. It's a big deal. It was a big deal then, and it's a big deal now. Not everyone was okay with you confessing Jesus, but that didn't stop people from confessing Jesus before man. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here now. There's no secret society of believers. We are a confessing truth to power kind of people. That's how we're called to live as Christians. When you testify about Jesus, you're establishing your place in this society. Point number three is this. Our testimony is a weapon. Our testimony is a weapon. Now I'm going to read to you from Revelation uh, chapter 12, verses 7 through 11, uh, but I'm only going to put 11 up there because it's long. But it says this, Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon, which is the devil, was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. 
For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before God day and night has been hurled down. Get this. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and the word of what? The word of their what? They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. When we share our testimony, we are warring against principalities. We are warring against the devil. Every time that we share our testimony, that we share our conversion story, we are actually warring against the kingdom of darkness, and we're saying that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We're saying that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and it's in me. I contain it. Not only are you warring against demons and the enemy, you're declaring over yourself that I am a new creation. Every time you share your testimony, you are going to war and declaring over yourself that I am new, that I'm not the old person. That old person who was addicted to porn, who was a criminal, who was doing all the things, you can have that life. I'm not about that life anymore. And even better than that, you could say, I had it all together. I had the house the white picket fence, the dog, the 2.5 kids, the 401k, and the four weeks of vacation, and none of that meant anything to me because now I know Jesus, and you can have that life too. With your testimony, that's what you're declaring. That's what you're saying. You are warring in the spirit every time you speak, every time you share what Jesus has done for you and who Jesus is in you. You overcome by the blood of the lamb and the very words of your testimony. This is powerful. Testimonies are good because they show off our amazing God. When we share what God has done for us, we create an expectation that he'll do it again. And we introduce hope to those that have lost it. I'm going to invite the band up here as I get ready to close with my last note because I want them to make me sound more spiritual. Um, the last point that we have is um, the most important. All of our testimonies are intertwined because they all have one thing in common. Every single one of us. Every single one of us needed forgiveness. We're all forgiven. That's your testimony. We are all forgiven. When you became a Christian, you didn't add Jesus to make your life better. He added you to the family. You didn't go from poor behavior to good behavior. You became a new creation. You became a new creation who is now capable of receiving and containing and broadcasting heaven. That's good news. You didn't say a prayer and ask Jesus into your heart. I dare you to find that in the Bible somewhere. I know I'm going I'm to hurt some feelings and step on some toes, but find that in the Bible where you said the prayer and you asked Jesus into your heart and that's it. something bigger than that. 
You didn't ask Jesus into your heart so you can escape hell. You went from death to life. And in a moment, your eternity was sealed forever. You see, the Bible uses the word sozo for saved, and it has a whole bunch of meanings. Um, Sozo means saved. It means to be made whole. Uh, It means to be healed. And one of my favorite definitions in sozo is preserved. Preserved. And this is for you, person who grew up in church, who doesn't feel like your testimony is powerful. Have you ever thought of it like this? You were preserved. Your parents were godly. And they led you to Jesus at a young age. And they provided a godly atmosphere for you to grow up in. And that's a miracle when you think about Jesus passing away and coming back 2,000 years ago. It's been 2,000 years since the resurrection. But the power of the gospel is still alive today and it was alive in your family. And God loved you so much that he preserved you, that you were born into your family, preserved. But you needed forgiveness. We all did. What would stop you from sharing that with others? The Apostle Paul was the Pharisee of Pharisees, yet he was called to the Gentiles. Matthew was a tax collector, and Peter was a fisherman. They had completely different backgrounds, but they ministered together. Luke was a Gentile who wrote to Jews, and James grew up with Jesus, and they all ministered to the same people. It doesn't matter your background. You're called to testify to the goodness of Christ. Don't confuse compelling with powerful. We can't let the devil tell us that our story doesn't matter. It matters, and it's a weapon. Your story isn't just about how God improved your life. Your story is how God breathed life into someone who was dying. If you were raised in church, I want you to imagine sharing your testimony with someone far from Jesus, and it changes the lives of their kids. And now those kids get to have the same experience that you did. If you grew up in church, but you fell off, but ultimately you were drawn back into intimacy with Jesus, imagine sharing that with people whose kids are in the same boat. Think of all that hope that you can provide. Here's the crux of my testimony. God has, God is, and God will always do the heavy lifting in my life. What makes my story so great isn't all the crazy stuff that I did before I got saved. What makes the story great is that I had all this sin stuffed down, and in my mind, it was behind me. And I wasn't consciously dealing with it. I was avoiding it. What makes my story so great is on the day I was born again, I brought all of that junk to the forefront. I brought it all to the forefront of my mind, and I gave it to Jesus, and he wiped it away. makes the story so great. You didn't have to have a thug life to have that testimony because that's your story too. You were forgiven as well. 
the common denominator in all of our stories is that we were all dead in our sin and Jesus died so that we could be alive in him. Don't let the devil tell you that your story doesn't matter. You see, the unfortunate reality is that the unbeliever has a beginning, a middle, and an end. But if you're a believer, you have a beginning, a middle, and a new beginning. And we're all walking in that new beginning. I want to pray for three people today. Three people. I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads. But I may ask you to do something bold. I want to pray right now for the person who has missed the value in their testimony. You... You, if you could admit it, you would say, I've actually said those words. I've actually uttered those words out of my mouth. I don't have much of a testimony. If that's you, I want you to do something bold. I want you to just raise your hand. I want you to just confess that I've thought, man, my testimony is not much. You've actually had that thought about yourself. And by being bold and confessing that right now, I believe that Jesus wants to do something in you. He wants to take you to that moment. And he wants to show you how you needed forgiveness and how you are new in him. Lord, all of these people bold with their hands raised, would you just wash over them right now? Holy Spirit, Fill them up with a boldness to declare who you are. Fill them up with a boldness to share your love and share their story, but your victory with other people so that lives can be changed. There's coworkers. There's people that they go to school with. There's family members that need to hear their story because it is powerful to stay to save. Thank you, God, for blessing these bold people in Jesus' name. Now, the other group of people I want to pray for are the people who think that their story is too crazy to share. You came through some junk before you decided to call Jesus Lord, and you just don't know how to share it. You think you're disqualified. But also in this group are not just the people who, who, who had some junk before they got saved. It's the people who have been saved and have fallen off. You've had the mistake. And you're back. And the devil is shaming you from sharing your story. You feel like your story is invalidated because you walked away. But I promise you this, brother and sister in Christ, you're not Peter. <laughs> you didn't deny him like that. You're not Paul. And even if you were, look what Jesus did with Peter and Paul. They have a story and so do you. And God wants to redeem it. He wants you to share it. If that's you and you've been under some shame, 
about sharing your story because you've fallen off or you felt like you had too much junk happen before you got saved to share it, be bold. Raise your hand. Yeah. As you raise your hand, receive. Just start to receive. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, thank you so much for my brothers and sisters. Thank you, God, that you have proven time and time again that there's no place that we could go that you wouldn't run after us. That you are a redeemer. That you restore and that you preserve. Thank you, God, for blessing them. Help them to share their story. Help them to share their story so that you can get all the glory and have all the victory. All right, one more group of people that I want to pray for, and I'll be done. We may, we may see something happen today. You've been in church, and you don't have a testimony. I mean, that's the only way I could think that you wouldn't share, because you've never actually declared with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead for you. I mean, it's really possible that you can be in church your whole life and not be saved. And if you could say that you don't have a testimony because you've never declared Jesus as Lord and believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, today's your day. You feel the Holy Spirit tugging at your heartstrings? Today is your day. If that's you and today you want to say, Jesus is Lord, you can be saved. You can be sozoed. If that's anybody here, we have all of our eyes closed and heads bowed. We're not trying to embarrass you or make you do anything weird. I just want you to raise your hand so that we can be in agreement and pray for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. You are mighty to save. You are mighty to save. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. You are so worthy. Lord, we just thank you for new life in you. We thank you that today these people have declared you as Lord, that they have believed in your heart that you arose from the dead for them, that their eternity is sealed from now on and that they have a testimony. They now have a testimony that they can share your goodness, your love, your truth, and your gospel and your power. I thank you, God, for saving them. I thank you, God, for redeeming them. I thank you for blessing them in Jesus' mighty name. And if you guys believe that, everybody say amen. Amen, amen best thing I think we could do right now is stand to our feet and worship and thank God for new creation, new life in Jesus today. Amen? Thank you for listening to the sermon from our Sunday service. If we can serve you in any way, please visit our website at citychurchotr.com. 
If you want to be a part of what God is doing in Cincinnati, you can support us financially. Giving can also be done on our website at citychurchotr.com give.